boss. Yes. I have dishonored the Yakuza. I have failed in my mission. Mm. I, we do not take this lightly. I want I you know. to know that everybody in this room is disappointed in you. Boo. Well, I share your disappointment in myself and uh, hopefully regain some respect in your eyes. I'm going to take this katana and make a sacrifice. I'm going to cut off a piece of me. Thank you for having the initiative to take care of what needs to be taken care of. I am disappointed in you, but also I respect, I respect that the buck stops with you. Thank you, boss. Let's see that finger. Let's see that finger come off. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 Oh, my no. God. No. Oh, no. Holy I, shit. No. I cut no. off my own dick. No. No. Do you respect no. me again? God. No. Have I regained my place in the family? What? Did, no. Why did you? Absolutely ah, not. Oh, oh that my God! Hurts. You're gonna you, you're gonna die! Oh, you're gonna die! God! You're gonna I, die! Like a wave of pain! Oh God! He's After just... the adrenaline wore off! Oh my God! Jesus Christ! It was supposed to be like how like remember last week when I also messed up and cut off my finger and now everyone's like okay with yeah. it? It's, you were supposed to do exactly like that's what we do here. Well, I thought, but you cut off your pinky. I thought this would, like, I'd kind of no. yes and that. No. <laughs> Nobody wanted this. You don't heighten from pinky to dick. Okay, you're, sorry. Ah. Oh, I regret that. Oh. Somehow your act of of trying to gain respect has been disrespectful. You're like right. You, I have diminished my standing in the Yakuza. You, and to make it up for you. What? No. <laughs> what is, oh, no. <laughs> I cut off my balls. <laughs> oh, oh, that's worse. Oh, my God. Oh, that no, hurts worse. That, uh, oh, well, oh, God. I need a towel or something. <laughs> you had more than a towel. I guess, I guess we should all take a moment here because we have learned something today. And it says sometimes we don't know what's expected of us. We don't know what's going to impress the boss. But making an effort is not always the answer. Sometimes you should ask one or two basic questions before you take action. Right. I've learned that now. Do you want me to, like, cut off my butt? (laughs) No, I don't want you to cut off your butt. Okay, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> we bludgeon goons with bicycles and micromanage cabaret hostesses in dense dual protagonist action RPG Yakuza Zero this week on How Did This Get Played?
Hey, it's How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and Warwick Davis as Willow-est video games of all time. Wow. That third W was by at Beaufort D's Nuts. Okay. I know what you're doing. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. Don't try to sneak that past us. This is a family show. I'm Nick Weiger along with Heather Ann Campbell. I don't get it. Wait, what was the... <laughs> Beaufort <laughs> D's Nuts. Bo- Beaufort? Beaufort yeah. D's nuts. It's sort of like Beaufort? saying like both of these. Oh, both of. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You just Beaufort? asked what is what is Beaufort? What a faux pas. <laughs> if you did that to a to a zoomer, you'd get hit with a Beaufort D's nuts. And then they'd be like, got him. Sheesh. And then you'd just be lowered into a grave. Yeah. They hit you with a sheesh. You don't want to get sheeshed yeah. by a zoomer. No. No, you don't Beaufort? want that. Beaufort? But or Bofa, Bofa, another variant. Yeah, both. Well, Bofa, I know, but Bofer. This person is maybe a little Bofer because they don't know us. Maybe they're being formal, perhaps. Right. That's probably. Yeah. Well, you know what? We've got a lot about. Uh, we learned a lot about Japanese honorifics in this week's game. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> which ones are formal? Which ones are informal? Which ones are used for someone older than you? I'm so Heather Ann Campbell you. along with our <laughs> I'm Heather Ann Campbell along with our producer Matt Apodaca. Hello everyone. Hello everyone and welcome back Bofer. <laughs> Edge. Jeez. Uh boy, we have quite a game to discuss this week. I'm very very I'm honestly I've been really really looking forward to this discussion cuz I have a lot of thoughts on what we played. But before yes. we do that, before we descend into what we call gaming hell, it's first time to briefly touch on a game we're enjoying or something that's happening in our gaming lives by first spending 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, say when. Go for it, Heather. I just want to say, PlayStation Nation, I still got your back. But when I saw that the Xbox was on sale at Walmart, knowing that I'm part of a video game podcast, I was like, okay, I got to get an Xbox. So I'm joining up on the Xbox Brigade. What do you guys call it? Wow. The Mm. (laughs) X-Boys? Yeah, we're the X-Boys. The X-Boys? Uh, I had to uh, re like I, I reactivated my Xbox Live account, and I haven't used it since the Xbox 360. So right now the uh, profile picture is a giant high resolution circle with a tiny, tiny postage stamp like screenshot from my at my like avatar on Xbox 360. Uh-huh. Like right, like you know, you it's it's like looking at photographs from. 2002. Yes. Like, they're very, very small. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, of course, I looked up my favorite game on Xbox 360, Settlers of Catan, and, uh, boy, oh, boy, was I bummed out that uh, it is no longer available. Ah, time's up. Mm. But, hey, you get the Xbox Game Pass library, which is extensive, and which includes this week's game, Yakuza 0. Wow. Are we just, that's it. We're just going right for I, it, huh? Unless you have other, unless you have something else to discuss. No, I got nothing to talk. I, I've done nothing. I think one of the things that people don't understand about this podcast, or maybe I've said it before, is mm-hmm. the workload for this show can yes. sometimes be omnipresent in your life. Mm-hmm. And right. for episodes like this where we don't have a guest, part of it is who the fuck are you going to ask 
hey, can you drop 120 hours into a, into a game yes. that you may not enjoy so that you can talk about it for 70 minutes mm-hmm, with right. us? That's a that's a big ask. Yes. Um, And then sometimes we're just, you know, I'm scared of people. So there are people I know, sure. but I'm, I'm afraid of, to ask them, hey, do you want to do the show? But I kept thinking about that for this for this episode, I'm like, this is a big fucking game. It's a huge goddamn game. Uh, and we can't... Who... What are you... Like, it's not a fucking movie podcast. Right. This is well, a, that, that's the thing. We may need to rethink our format. And we'll, we'll figure that out. That's a, <laughs> that's a discussion we can have off pod. But I will say that we... we Part of, uh, part of what we're trying to do is like, okay, let's have some, we discussed like, how do we make this more achievable for us where we can give these games the sort of comprehensive attention that they demand, but also like have other things that we can do with our lives. And so, you know, one of those things is picking shorter games, but the other thing is like, okay, hey, here's a game that we wanted to play anyway. And for me, this has been a game that's kind of been in orbiting in my backlog for a long time. I believe that's the case with you too, Heather, right? You suggested this originally. Yeah, I uh, enough people on Twitter have been like, you should play Yakuza next. You should play Yakuza next. And I was like, which Yakuza should I play first? And they were like, Yakuza Zero. And I was like, yes. okay. Um, so Yakuza Zero is an action adventure game yeah. developed and published by Sega, which was originally released for the PlayStation 3 in 2015 in Japan. Its most recent release was, <laughs> was on a system I've never heard of, the Amazon Luna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Amazon Luna in June of 2021. That's um, that's Amazon's... Uh... Stadia? Stadia. Yeah, that's, 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 that's theirs, yeah. <laughs> oh, their cloud service. Okay. Yeah. God. So uh, this is a, uh, a, a an open world game that takes place in Japan from December 1988 to January 1989 in Kamurocho and Sotenbori, which are um, sort of recreation, like mythologized fictional versions of Kabukicho and Dotonbori uh, in Tokyo and Osaka. So the first, you play as an up-and-coming pair of Yakuza or ex-Yakuza in the game. Uh, and that's, I mean, it, it's a GTA-like. Could you say that? It's a GTA-like? Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's an open-world game. You can kind of pay the main narrative as much or as little attention as you like. Uh, but there are there is an endless array of things to do in this kind of sandboxy and i would say that it is kind of you know as a, as approached as opposed to cuz it's a huge game it is a massive game like the amount of content that's in this game don't don't be deceived by how long to beat uh, you know, saying that you can finish this game in 30 hours. You can if you mainline it. But I think if you're actually experiencing what this game has to offer, what this world has to offer, you're going to spend a little bit more time in that. And but it, it's it's like huge in scope, but it's not huge in scale. It's like a very like both cities that you inhabit are pretty small maps. They're like the size of an RPG town. They're just jam packed with content and quests, which is, uh, I think, sort of an accurate um, game version of what it's like to be wandering around in Tokyo, especially in right. these neighborhoods. Uh, 
Like the Kabuki Cho is like a, it's dense as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like I've been to Tokyo, I don't know, seven or eight times now, maybe more than that. Uh, and I've spent significant time there. And there are times where you're like, oh, I'm going to go check out this bar in this in this district. And you'll go to a neighborhood and it's not, it's like, okay, what floor is the bar on? It's not like mm-hmm. any, any it, yeah. I mean, New York maybe, but you're like, is this bar on the 16th floor of this building with 50 bars in it? Like right. it's, it's a really dense experience and the addresses are all fucking crazy. So it's, I don't know. I, I was, I had a lot of nostalgia feelings playing this game. A lot of like, I went to an area. The first thing I did in the game is I went to an area where I've drank before went to a bar in that stylized version of the area, ordered the drink that I usually drink when I'm at that bar and just sat there. And I was like, this is a lot. This is, I'm having a weird feeling. Right. It's, I, I, and as someone who has never crossed an ocean, I am not (laughs) well-traveled. I will say that this is like, oh, it's like a fun vacation to this fictional Japan because it does feel very jam-packed and very alive. And it's also things like it's just the streets are pretty narrow. The alleys actually feel like alleys. Everything feels pretty compact. When you walk into a bar, it feels like, oh, there's space for one person to sort of walk. You know, it's everything is really, really compact. But so there, there's endless things to do in terms of, yeah, you can you can just eat and drink at so many restaurants. You can you know, go to an arcade and play actual Sega games. They've just got out an outrun cabinet there and you can play outrun for his for to your heart's content. There's like batting outrun, cages. There's hang pool. on space Harrier, yes. fantasy yes. zone. It's I mean, you can like go to a fucking arcade and spend all day on the crane machines. The skill. The, what do you call them? UFO catchers. Yes. Yeah. The claw machines, which are which are uh, I got pretty good at, I'll I'll say. But and then some of these things have quests involved and others are just kind of there for funsies like there there. It's just the the array of things available. There was a point in this game where it's just like here you can fish. And I was just like, oh, fucking course there's fishing in this goddamn game there's just (laughs) you can just do absolutely everything that you could imagine you could do an interactive piece of software and so so there's that but the main gameplay is combat based like the main thing is you're either kiryu who is one of the dual protagonists that heather mentioned who is uh who is you know like a very buff bruiser type a big brawler of a dude the strong silent type and then there's also uh majima uh, who is a like a much more of like a kind of a Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, like a slithery sort of he he uses evasion more and counters more. Um, but they, but like so much <laughs> of it is just beating the shit out of an endless array of thugs of various sorts. I did not play Majima that way at all. I was like, oh, this guy's got a baseball bat. I'm going to unlock everything for the baseball bat. Yeah. Yes. Also, it was deep into the game where I until I discovered that the weapons that you equip can be used in combat. I thought they were just changing your stats. And then I was like, it's crazy to me that I can buy all these weapons and not actually use them. And nowhere in any tutorial that I experienced was it like press down on the D-pad and you can use the sword that you have equipped. 
See, because that's that's interesting yes. to me. And I was saying to this, I was saying this to Nick before we started recording. I think what's going to be interesting about this episode and this game in particular is that I think we all played it in a different way because I didn't buy a single weapon one time in in this game at all. I didn't do any of that. Wow. And, and yeah. you finished the main story, which I have not done yet. Yeah. I'm 36 hours deep in this game. I still haven't finished the main story. That's something that I wanted to circle back to also. We were talking about the time commitment of this particular game and like yes. the, how long to beat. The how long to beat suggests like it's like 30 plus hours, like somewhere between 30 and 40 hours. We started, I want to make it just perfectly clear. I think we started playing this game a month ago. Like we like, we were like, let's play that as our next game. And we were like, that'll be one that we do for a while. Uh, right. We had banked up a couple and we're like, we'll just play that over until we record again. And now we're recording it. I think it may be three to four weeks later. Yes. I've spent, I've spent six to eight hours on the, cabaret club mini game on its own <laughs> right because i, well, I, I I'm, there's so much to t- go for it nick what, what do you i, I was say? gonna say we should we should talk about that because it's so so the two the two protagonists you've got kiryu you've got majima and they are they really kind of parallel each other in that they are both exiled from the yakuza for various reasons one gets exiled within the narrative he leaves the yakuza because he's framed for murder uh that's kiryu the other is has been exiled already as the narrative begins, and the job he has been given is to manage this cabaret, which is a thing that I'm not as familiar with. Heather, I think you have maybe been to one of these, but it's like a hostess club where there are women who are basically there to just accompany uh, patrons. So, like you're you're you th- you're there. You pay money for drinks and then women come and sit with you and just make conversation with you. And one of the two protagonists manages one of these organizations, uh, two of yeah. these organizations, ultimately. I, so I haven't been to a hostess club, but I have been to. I mean, I, it doesn't exist anymore. I think it was called Queen Dolce or something like that in near Akihabara. Uh, and it was a cafe where they serve drinks and maybe a little food and the hostesses were women dressed as men who were giving a boyfriend experience to women who didn't want to be to feel threatened by actual men. So like the the what are they called? Hostess and butler clubs or something like that. Like, I think the the guy ones, if you're like an insecure woman, you would go and these dudes would be maybe a little intimidating to you. Like right. if you hadn't talked to a lot of guys, but. What a dude like went, me, for instance. Huh, wait, wait. What are you? Are you the one going, going to the club? No, you're. No, talking. I'm just saying. Like, I see. yeah, I'm talking. Yeah. No, that's What's not up? what would. What's no, I you? think I think that would be a really great introductory experience to a man for a woman. Would be Nick Weiger because hey, he's like on the he's like on the <laughs> he's like a low tier. Right. Like low tier. Stop that tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but the yeah so i went and you you get a drink and my japanese wasn't good enough to have like full-blown conversations with these women dressed as men who were supposed to be boyfriends but i did watch a woman come in with a gift for her quote boyfriend and they unwrapped the gift and it was a sweater and it felt like i was witnessing like a high school you know like a like a behind behind the track and field 
high school moment of like a birthday. Mm-hmm. And the uh, host went back into the back and then came back out in the sweater and the girl blushed and 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 ran out away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, That's amazing. But yeah. So cabaret clubs are like uh, are like a place you go or a hostess club is, I guess, a place you go where you a woman sits down with you and talks to you and you pay a ton of money. It's like, what do you call it? Escort services? Right. But there's but there's not necessarily an, a tacit understanding that there's going to be any sort of sexual contact. It's right. just like we're just hanging out. It's literally I'm paying someone for their company, as is isn't, my understanding. Isn't there like a documentary about this called like the Great Happiness Space or something? Let me mm. hold on. Let me look it okay. up. Happy. Heather's doing some quick Googling space. Yeah. The Great Happiness Space. And th- and that's just specifically about the Japanese side of this uh, yeah, phenomenon. The great, the great Happiness Space, Tale of an Osaka Love Thief, is a 2006 documentary film by Jake Clanell describing a host club in Osaka. So that would be a great introduction to all of these concepts. Right. Because in my limit, my, uh, you know, uh, the limited research I did on this af- as I was kind of like, you know, was peripherally aware of this and then you were immersed in it when playing this game is that there's a bunch of different tiers of it. And so there's like, you know, there's ones where you really just sit at a bar and talk to a woman. And then there's ones like the the cabaret, which is in this game, which is this very elaborate thing that's targeted towards high rollers, uh, you know, uh, uh, Yakuza, and then also towards, you know, businessmen who are using their corporate accounts and are just spending, you know, millions of yen on bottles of champagne and, uh, uh, and talking to these women. And then, and so in, in this one, you start out at a cabaret, like a super duper high end one. And then you also, in the, the, the progression of the story, you acquire, stewardship of a cabaret club which is like a tier below and it's like a, you like you have this glamorous club that you're running but you also have this shitty club that you're starting from the ground up and that's what you were saying about 10 minutes ago heather that you sunk a bunch of time into yeah <laughs> so look i don't i don't i mean the, we could you could spend an episode of this show deconstructing the sort of like assaults on uh feminism that this game like that th- this game engages yeah. the full blown World War II effort put into recontextualizing women as objects and or like horses that you're breeding and training. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there is. There you give is them no, gifts I mean, and their skills improve. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I decided to enjoy the the I mean, it's like managing a soccer team. You, it really is. Like, each girl has her own strengths and weaknesses, and you can encourage some girls to develop different strengths and weaknesses. You can give them makeovers. You can buy them outfits so that they are cuter or funnier because each gentleman that comes into the club has a different desire. He wants a girl who is really good at making him feel like he's loved, but also looks funny. Or he wants a mature type who's really good at, like, talking about various skills. Uh, So you have to have this, like, deep uh, library of of horses uh, to to offer each of the riders. Yes. Right? 
Yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty good characterization of it. Uh, and you, so you're, this is all to get more of the in-game currency, which is just straight up yen, to get more yen, which you can, and then you can use yen to upgrade your characters, but then also invest it further into this business. But it is, I did the same thing. Like I sunk a lot, I sunk a good amount of time into the cabaret club because it's just fun to just sort of, Build your stable, if you will, to to oh to uh, acquire more women who are working in this club, and then you can you can upgrade them. Like you can you can train them. You can give them. It's I mean it's it's yeah, it's Look, depraved. I <laughs> I should say that in my playthrough. I barely did any of this. Like I didn't. I like. <laughs> yes. I hardly paid Completely attention to it. Completely optional. Like because it was. I only did. The like one time for each business that you have to do for the story. So then it tells you like, hey, this is now a thing you can do. Um, right. And then I just never went back to it. I so after I played through the first because you have to using the cabaret club, you can take over five other clubs. And after I beat the first club, not only did I get such an insane amount of money that I was like, oh, this is this is so much faster for leveling than like beating up random dudes on the street. But additionally to that, you unlock more fighting styles. Now, yes, right. I found the combat frustratingly thin mm-hmm. as always, where I was like, I haven't had a challenge on any of these fucking fights. These guys are so easy to read. But I also enjoyed unlocking Majima's ability to jam his baseball bat into a man's throat and then <laughs> right. kick the underside of the bat to knock out his front teeth. The game yes. is both quirky and extremely violent. Yes. Like, very violent. Hyper violent. So that's a thing that happens. So each character can switch between different stances. Uh, Majima has the one where he, you know, his his default stance is kind of that more slithery one I discussed. He's got the alternate stance where he he whips out his bat, which he has all with him at all times, and then he's got another one which is just a straight up break dancing stance. Yes. Uh, stance. Um, he's like uh, it's it's uh, capoeira kind of style style fighting, and. So like 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 as part of that, you could you you choose these stances. You're beating the shit out of guys, but you have these finishing moves you can use that are called heat actions, and they're all contextual. So for instance, a very simple one is like a guy is lying on the ground, he's prone, and then you pull his face up, and then you like you know smash it with your other hand. But then there's other ones that are a lot more elaborate. For instance, one I got pretty early on is. There's a box of nails item that you can pick up. I don't know if you guys experienced this. You put the you put the box of nails in someone's mouth and then you you like uppercut them. Oh. So it's like something you would see in like a GCW deathmatch. It's so brutal. Jesus. And then and then there's other there's one there's ones that are sillier. Like there's ones where there's just like a tea kettle that you just like pour hot tea all over somebody. Yeah. Um although I I will never tire of Picking up a bicycle, picking someone's bicycle up, clobbering someone over the head with it, and then jumping onto the bicycle on top of them. <laughs> it's just like, it's some of these, these ana- they're, they're so elaborate and they're animations you see over and over again, but I, I think they're, they're super fun. Although some of them are really upsetting, it's it's so it's this weird kind of contrast I think throughout the game where you've got stuff that's really silly and light, and then also stuff that is just so dark and 
uh, and unnerving and like it's, you know, tr horrible traumas are happening to characters. We see that Majima, who is like this kind of like he's he's involved in all these silly adventures. But part of his backstory is that his eye was gouged out and he was tortured for a year and they were mm -hmm. just waiting for him to die. And then he he lived as he he survived. So they're like, OK, well, we're going to let this guy, you know, we're going to give this guy a job. To It's it's so fucking weird. But then his job is to manage this cabaret club. And he's good at it. He's great at it. He's, he's really good. He's the king of the night. <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably talk about like the overall plot, but like from what I gathered toward the end of the game, obviously this one, I think this game uh, chronologically chronologically came out after the first couple of installments, so this one serves as a prequel to yes. the series. Just and the, the way zero. where you get the where the characters end up is a very different place from where they start, like the game. And uh, like in particular, like Majima seems like he's be like going to be going a little more. He's a little more ruthless and in, in things mm -hmm. like that. Probably is, as um, people know him more as this character, this type of character. Um I forgot the original point I was making, but it was just the idea that they're both, both their stories are like they, they, they came back and made this prequel. So you could understand these two characters more is interesting to me. And then, cause like I yes. had no pr uh, prior context uh, to these games. I, I found myself more interested in Majima's story because but I think solely because I liked his vibe and I liked his outfit and I liked his, um, his, his his eye patch and and business sense. I was like, this guy seems like yeah. a, a, a natural leader. I I respect him. Uh, and then when you get to the end of the game, I was like, I don't really fuck with this. Like, I I don't I don't know if I right. like him anymore. Uh, Kiryu is more of like yeah the the kind of a vanilla alpha male. Yeah, uh, but his story is is tied up in there's this parcel of land this very small parcel of land this is during you know the the era heather mentioned is this huge real estate bubble in japan and uh it's called the empty lot and someone is murdered on the empty lot and then kiryu is framed for it and so a big part of your gameplay the equivalent his equivalent of the cabaret club management is he gets involved in commercial real estate because this guy tachibana this character who we later learned was him was also involved in the Chinese mafia mm -hmm. uh, is a little bit of a spoiler there is uh, maybe a huge spoiler. I don't know. I'm fucking sorry. All right. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Nick, you you got to be careful with these spoilers. This this game came out six, six yes. years ago. It's OK. Yeah, we're allowed uh, one more only. Okay, and then more. we're fucking we're in deep shit if we even spoil <laughs> one more thing. So this guy, Tachibana, who has one hand, um, and he is like, so he introduces you to, you have a real estate empire that you are managing. And then his thing is that you're, Kiryu's thing is you're just acquiring properties across the town, um, uh, 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 you know, across, he's in Tokyo, yes? No, uh, I forget, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in Tokyo. So you're acquiring properties around Tokyo, Kamurocho, the, the neighborhood, and then you're improving them. And- this is also so fucking complicated and the UI is so obtuse and there's so much stuff Heather was talking about earlier that there's stuff that you just aren't told. There's so much stuff that's not documented that's so hard to parse. But I also, 
sunk like 12 hours into this and I'm still going <laughs> because it's so fun to just improve your properties and to take over territory because there's five different territories, the five billionaires they're called, who are these real estate magnates. There's the Leisure King, the Electronics King, the Pleasure King, and so on, who are all managing these various neighborhoods. You try to take over their sector of land and then at some point you have to have a battle with them. First off, a battle of wits. In the case of the Leisure King, you have to beat him in karaoke. And then and then <laughs> later on, you have to just literally beat the shit out of the Leisure King and all of his goons. <laughs> so you have to like beat them both to a beat them all to a pulp. And then the Leisure King joins your team. You hire him. <laughs> and this just this is this progresses. There, there's also and, and I know I'm rambling a little bit. But this, but the subquests we haven't even talked about, which are called sub stories, are bananas. <laughs> they are absolutely insane. Just as an example, this is one we were talking about earlier, Matt. There is a on text. There is a a, a very clear analog for uh, Michael Jackson in this game called Miracle Johnson. <laughs> and Miracle Johnson is shooting a music video in Japan. Mm-hmm. So you get pulled in to be like, hey, we need you to help out. Again, this is in the midst of this very dark Yakuza narrative where people are being murdered and and, and horrific assaults are happening. You're just like a, a, a director on the street that you meet earlier is like, hey, we need you to help out with Miracle Johnson's music video. He wants zombies to actually attack him. We're like we're like we're basically recreating Thriller. We want zombies to actually attack him. So you need to be his escort to beat up the zombies so they don't hurt him while he's filming his music video. And you act out this sub story. You, you do this sub quest, you finish it. Later on, you have another Miracle Johnson quest. Then Miracle Johnson goes to work for your real estate firm. <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. Well, there's, I mean, it, it's, you also, you mentioned karaoke battle as yes. like a facet of a different game, like a, like a, like, a second inception tier of a battle system. And we haven't even talked about the mini games in the game. Like right. the, the cabaret club management and the real estate management are almost like macro games. And then there are mini games where you play, you can play pool, mahjong, mm-hmm. you can uh, do karaoke. And the karaoke is sort of like a rock band in, uh, interface where mm-hmm. like, You press buttons when the character is singing different uh, songs or if a a friend of yours is karaokeing, you press buttons in order to encourage and celebrate their performance. And also these are (laughs) these (laughs) and these are songs that we've never heard. So you don't (laughs) know. Yes. You don't have an an instinct for when you're going to be pushing the buttons, when it's going to speed up or slow down unless you've played those songs multiple times. Um. What I mean, there's there's a mini game where you break into not break into like violently, but you 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 enter into an underground women's wrestling uh, district. And yeah, the cat fights. Yeah, the cat fights. Cat I fights. Forgot about, I, how did I forget about this? <laughs> Matt, you got to do the cat fights. <laughs> I, I you, did do it, but I did it once. You place bets on these two girls who are oil wrestling essentially mm-hmm. in bikinis and they in, in, and in in order to win challenges between them you do like a rochambeau uh rock paper scissors interface where it's like you pick rock and hope the other person picks scissors 
Uh, I hated that mini game. I couldn't win once. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't win a single fucking time in that mini yes. game. So um, this is, I, yeah. I, we talked about the cat fights as well. The cat fights are so obtuse and it's so unclear what you're supposed to be doing. I looked up guides and the guides and like the steam discussions of the cat fights are like, I don't know, but I think this works. Like no one has any certainty as to how the systems that are in this game actually work with each other. The UI is so like, oftentimes the UI is like aggressively cluttered and it, it doesn't make sense what so, what uh, an item means or not. But I did figure out the cat fights. I did figure out how to make money on the cat fights. And it is like, so for instance, um, each each there's rock paper scissors and that that is like the wrestling move that they are going to throw and you ideally want to counter it with the you know the other rock it's literally rock paper scissors and they have like a one to five star rating in each of those the one to five star rating i would think i think anyone would think is like their strength or their ability at that it's not that at all it's the probability that they will use that move so the reason that Jennifer, who is like the highest rated fighter, is so difficult is not because she is more powerful, but because she ha she is almost equally probable to use all three. So the idea, the way you win it is you pick someone who's got low odds and take them up against someone who has like, for instance, five stars in rock, um, two stars in scissors and one star in paper. And you Jesus. just go with paper every single time because they're most likely to use rock. And you just Holy hope it works shit. out. It's so, it, but like, there's no way that you could infer that from the interface. But still, I was like going to the real estate, and then while while, while my real estate empire is the 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 while the while the cooldown on when I can collect again is is going on, I'd go over to the cat fight. I'd wager thirty million yen on a cat fight. <laughs> I'd triple my money. And, and I just got like, addicted to the cycle, even though I'm like, this sucks. This is poorly designed, and it's clunky as hell. And I, also, we we we. I, I'm I'm so sorry, but but like you touched on how on the misogyny in this game, it is also just so unbelievably horny. It is yes. so horny. Yeah. It yeah. You there is a, in order to take over a certain business in a district in your cabaret club area that will help send fans to your cabaret club so that you can, uh, so that you can beat the other cabaret clubs in this like hostess off you have to watch real live action like real uh not not softcore pornography but like girls in bikinis like licking balloons or like right. squeezing yeah. their butt in between two pillows or what like it which it's I don't if I I also don't I can't I, I I'm familiar with the existence of these videos because I've been alive and in like anime and video game culture for years. Yeah. But like what this was the first time I ever watched one and I was like, wait, why wouldn't you just watch pornography? Like, I, why wouldn't you go right. that extra step? <laughs> I, well, why buy the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue when you can buy Hustler? But there's a market for it. I think there's people who are like, maybe like, ah, I'm, that's too much for me, but I'll, you know, I don't know. I, I, I agree. Be, it's, a very, it's bizarre. It might be cultural, too. Like, it might just be like, a, hey, sure. like, this is sort of like more culturally acceptable than like than pornography. Because like the I I hadn't seen any of that before. And then the one <laughs> that I did see, I the vibe that I sort of got from it was. 
hey, this isn't pornography, but like you can kind of imagine if it was, right? Right. Like, like you could sort of like, <laughs> kind of, but you see what we're trying to do. You get it. Well, and, th- and this is the thing. The game is not subtle about it. No. So you are, you are going to a, there's like an erotic video, you know, like a, like just basically like a little room that you could go to in either of the maps and you go up to this, uh, you, you pay a clerk, you go into your own like booth and then you are watching like a VHS of this, you know, again, this real like JAV, um, star in this who is and and you're watching this on a crt and then the way this the sequence always ends is there's a close-up of your character moaning and then a shot of a box of tissues so like the implication is very clear there's another one like that there's a there's a character who uh luca i don't know if either of you did luca's sub story but luca is a woman who is a hostess at the arcade at one of the one of the like six arcades <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, like you go through this whole quest and she, you reach a certain point. She's like, Hey, if you beat my high score, I'm going to give you the ride of your life. And he's like the ride of my life. This is Kiryu. And then the camera zooms in on his crotch and then zooms in on her crotch. Jesus. Like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we got it. We understood what you were implying. It's like shaking you. Like, do you get it? (laughs) We don't allow subtext here. (laughs) There's so many sub stories Mm -hmm. that, that, I mean, I think there's 30 for each character, right? Yes. I think there's more than that. It's maybe like 45 is a lot. It's an enormous amount of, of side quests that you go on. And some of those side quests end in like, you get like an object or like something, a piece of armor or a special sword or, or whatever. But as you progress through this, through this game, or at least for me, because we were trying to hit this deadline, I started hate. I resented when people wanted to talk to me yes. because I was like, oh, my God, dude, just fucking tell me. Hey, go beat up my dad. And I'll be like, fine, I'll fucking do it. <laughs> like, I don't need to hear like, well, one time my dad and I were good friends and we went out on a boat together and we had a good drink. And then you cut to Majima and he's like, huh? And then you cut back to the guy and he's like, but that was before my dad lost his job. And you're clicking through each line of dialogue and it takes so fucking long. Like some of that was frustrating. And I don't know if that's because I was trying to compress this experience into a month's time and this game should be played over like six months. Uh, or if that was just something that would have naturally ended up frustrating me on a regular style playthrough. Yeah, I think I think it's the latter because the way that it's structured is that characters will just you will just be walking down the street and then one of these cutscenes will just begin. Like, it's not like there's a character with a question mark over their head and they'll be like, oh, I want to go talk to this person and like, oh, there's clearly a quest here. Let's see what's going on. I can ignore this if I like. The quest will just initiate and you can choose to do it now or do it later. Although early on in the game, it's not clear if you decline something that will be available for you later on. So you're just like sort of like, well, shit, I'll help this rockabilly band that's nervous prep for their show real quick. (laughs) I mean, I'm supposed to be investigating my friend's murder, but I guess I can take some time to do this. But there's so many of these and they're they're by and large so silly and so low stakes but I agree with you that it is it, it's it, it it's almost it's too much. And then also like it's not clear enough that they're 
it, it just interrupts the flow of the gameplay, the game that you're trying to play. Like you yeah. can be in the middle of another quest and then one of these will start up out of nowhere just because you're walking down a particular street. The yeah, the the I think I mean maybe this would be less fun. And as I'm expressing it, I know it would be less fun. <laughs> but I think that on quests in the main game where it's like, oh shit, I gotta get across town or they're gonna get to the warehouse before me. And then the music changes and it's like dun 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 dun. If that music's playing, side quests should not activate. Because yes. you can't <laughs> you can't be running down the street and then a guy steps out and it's like boom do do do. Yeah. And he's like, hey man, I think I lost my shoe in that McDonald's. And, and like <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, step over, like handling this dude's fucking foot problems or whatever. And then and then after that quest ends, which is a significant amount of time, that thunderous action music kicks back in and you're yeah. like, oh, right. right. Um, this is a thing you, you, you made a point, uh, either of characterizing this game as a JRPG, which I think is, is you, you said this, we were, we were texting earlier, which I think is, is a good way to think of it. It's a J, kind of a JRPG with beat em up combat. And I, my understanding is the latest entry of the series just straight up has turn-based combat. So, uh, they've, they've kind of leaned into that, but so like in like a dragon quest, which you compared this to. There's, you know, like a demon who is going to eat all of time. And I am the chosen hero who has to stop this universe threatening, this existential like like threat. Yes, it is absurd for me to stop in this town and help this old woman get her cat off of her roof. <laughs> uh, you know, like that's an absurd thing for me to be doing because there's something much more urgent. However, the way this is paced, it feels like there is room for these sorts of you know, uh, these sorts of side quests for these sorts of diversions for the main narrative. It feels like, yes, there is this important thing that needs to be taken care of, but it is not urgent as to the moment because the spaces are so compressed and because of what the story beats are. And there's so many of them. It will be like the scenario you mentioned, Heather, basically happened to me when a guy, a care, uh, uh, an NPC who is my ally had been shot a bunch of times and I had to bring him medicine. And it's like that is a thing that feels extremely urgent. It does not make any sense for me to be managing my cabaret club for six <laughs> shifts, but I have the option to do that. Yes. <laughs> or like or like. Oh shit, I gotta go get medicine from my friend. Hold on, I'm gonna stop in here and have like a five course sashimi meal yeah. and a nice conversation yeah. with with this with this uh chef whose friendship I am uh building. Like I'm building yes. a relationship with this chef so that I can unlock his story early or or later. And the you can only go in if you are hungry. You can't go in and eat if you don't have any. You see, so, you, so you, unless you're going to take damage on purpose, like you're like, oh, I, I'll go back into this restaurant. And so sometimes after a big fight, when something is happening that you need to take care of immediately, it is the best time to sit down for a nice meal in a <laughs> <Right>. fancy restaurant. <laughs> Right, because you get a, you get achievements, you unlock more of the CP, which is another in-game currency uh, that lets you upgrade your character. And by by just having every menu item at a particular restaurant, you get like a CP for that. So it's it it's like it's so it's just there's just so much in this game. It's just so dense. It's just it it feels unrelenting, and it's hard to even find a time to yeah. You know, I I, I was reading. 
like I, I I look at the patient gamers subreddit, which I find is like, you know, if you're an adult with limited time, as we all are, it's like an interesting, dis- usually interesting discussions there because we people getting into games like six years late, like we are with Yakuza Zero. And <laughs> someone's criticism of this was like, I can't play this for short stretches. Like I can maybe play some other open world games and like boot this up for 30 minutes and mess around a little bit. You because you never know. If a little girl is going to stop you and demand that you get a red squirrel out of a claw machine and that is going to absorb your entire playtime like like these things can happen or that you will will trigger a cinematic and that cinematic will take 40 minutes. You'll have a 40 minute non-interactive sequence where you're just watching a bunch of different characters talk about this uh, this underworld intrigue. Can I say something about that real quick? Yes, please. This happened to me consistently throughout my playthrough. I'm playing on Xbox. Uh, and the the cinematics would be so long sometimes that my Xbox would start to go into rest mode, like it would it would like completely <laughs> like pause and then like almost like shut down. Uh, yeah, and I had to like unpause it because I was just watching it because that that is the the benefit of or yeah, I guess the one of the plus sides of the cutscenes. The cutscenes are all very good and like they're good. Um, like I I was really um. I mean, I was so enthralled in the story that I wasn't even holding my controller sometimes. I was just, like, watching this, like, animated, like, Yakuza movie, basically. Um, but uh, the other part of it that I was, like, hyper aware of was that because it's all in Japanese, I was like, I, I don't, I've never played a game that wasn't at least, like, all, you know, voiced in English. I'd never played an all Japanese game before. So I had to read every single word that was on the screen so I knew what was happening. But they also do a good job of, like, at the end of every couple chapters, they tell you like, hey, here's what was going on before Love in the, in the other yeah. story, you know, or, you know, what, while you were away, here's what was going on. And so I loved I loved having that recap as well. But those cutscenes, uh, Kojima-esque in length and, and, Very, and just as ambitious as well. Very long. The, the writer, we should say, Masayoshi Yokoyama is the main credited writer in the Yakuza series. It's kind of, and then uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, who famously is, is more, is previously, previous most famous game, I think was De- Daytona USA, is kind of the Sega guy who, you know, shep- who created and shepherded the Yakuza franchise. Wow. The, the cutscenes and the main story is like a, like a Yakuza drama like mm-hmm. it's like a full right. television series that takes place over the course of your many hours of gameplay and i was shocked at how good the acting was yeah right like you could feel weight and arrogance off of these characters and their an- their facial animations were yes. subtle enough that you were like oh this this dude's terrifying like if i met this guy i would be so scared that I, I like I wouldn't even I would not know what to do in interacting with this man. Also, I don't I, I have no knowledge about like Japanese mafia uh, hierarchy or how any of this works or if this game is at all accurate. But the rules of Yakuza life are insane. Mm-hmm. They're yes. insane. Not and I'm not talking about like, hey, help help this fucking dog get into a fireman's outfit or whatever the fuck this is. Like, I'm not talking about that shit. I'm talking about like, okay, the premise of the game is that because, because Kiryu beat up a dude in the empty lot and that dude was later murdered. So, so he's being framed for the murder. 
because of that, he needs to take responsibility for the murder, which means that he and his boss are going to be killed. Like, it's such yeah. an insane set of respect rules or like who takes responsibility for what that every time there'd be like a dramatic turn, I'd be like, really? That's right. That's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess, I guess if I got shot, it would be my fault in the Yakuza because like somebody would be like, don't you understand what this does to us? Yeah. And I'd be like, yes, I right. do. I understand. <laughs> It's, you know, that you mentioned, yeah, the drama is really, really good and like super compelling. And I was super sucked in by it. I pulled a, I pulled a Steam review that I think is like characterized as well as like this game is like watching The Godfather with occasional episodes of The Simpsons in between scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Ma Rift on the Steam store. Um, it is it, like, and I think that, you know, maybe a, a show that kind of is that is The Sopranos, which has like some really super funny, like, you know, goofy stuff and characters. And it's never a silly as this as this game is but then also just like just absolutely crushes the dramatic arcs so yeah it's i don't know it's a it's a fascinating it's just a fascinating experience to play i just i i really didn't know what to expect going in i'd heard so many i know some people so many people are super into this series but and i'd always been interested in it it's you know it's the kind of game i like i'm i'm just so it's so gripping and frustrating and maddening but also like just so fun too it's it's all of these things at once yeah it's this there what there are 10 if you're ranking score wise there are 10 experiences in yakuza and there are also like threes yes. and it's it is and and they are they are absolutely those things too it's like this is this is off the charts awesome what i'm doing right now is off the charts awesome and there are also times where I'm like, I cannot fucking stand this. And there is nothing redeemable about this moment. <laughs> and they're cobbled together in this game with at, did, like they just with no regard for one another. Like you can have right. the coolest fucking moment right before you have one of the worst moments. It's a real it's like a it's like being it's like taking a shower where somebody keeps changing the temperature of the water. <laughs> <laughs> I think the localization must have been so tough for this game, A, because there's so much dialogue, but B, because there's so much Japanese cultural stuff that they're trying to figure out a way to translate for a Western audience. Like, you know, I mentioned the honorifics earlier, like there's suffixes. They'll be like, you know, like, hey, why did you call me like Kiryu-kun? You should be calling me Kiryu-chan. Like that's like or yeah. san or whatever. Like think that's a big thing within the game um, that comes up a few times. Not a big thing, but it's a thing that comes up, recurs a few times that you just may not have any context for. There's also like there was, for instance, there was a there's one quest when I was managing the real estate empire where you're interviewing a bunch of people. I, I like I, I love the quest. It was super funny because you're you're interviewing a bunch of like seemingly qualified people. And it turned out that everyone that showed up just just did it. So they get free cab fare. They're like, I don't want your job. I just want your cab fare. And they like run out of there. And then so. But as one of these, the way you, ex you you're so you're trying to expose these characters, uh, these interviewees as frauds. One of the ways you do it is this woman is I was like, I could not figure out what the hell is going on. 
But Kiryu's like, something about her story doesn't add up. And it's that she says she learned to cook as a kid living in a Japanese inn. And some of her favorite, one of her favorite dishes to make is an omelet. And he's like, and the connection you're supposed to make is like, wait, no one would cook an omelet in a traditional Japanese inn. And it's just like, that's, I, again, I have no context <laughs> for that. I have no way to figure this out. I had to consult a guide to crack it. Anyway, yeah. th- all that said, you, you finish that quest, you go outside and you ultimately hire a guy, one good guy, one guy who seems unqualified, but ends up, he's like, has a good heart. And you go outside and the other two characters who you didn't hire are beating the shit out of a dog. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so then no. and it's like, Jesus Christ, what is happening? <laughs> and then the guy you did hire interrupt, like stops them and is just like, oh, it's I, it's a it's a barrage of madness. Did I, felt, you, I felt like I was losing my mind. Did you play the side sub story where you have like it's a, a marriage proposal and like you have to guess like clues in a puzzle that a man has created for his girlfriend. No. And one of them is like, what is the opposite? Like, it's like, if you didn't like a guy, you'd call him a soy sauce face. What is the opposite? Yeah. And you're like, every choice in that puzzle is nonsense. You're like, (laughs) I have no, I have no idea what it is that you call. And I was like, no sauce. Or no, I, I chose no salt. That man is no salt. Like, as I was like, oh, soy sauce is kind of salty. And so yeah. like the opposite would be like a no salt face. Mm-hmm. And that was wrong. And there was no, yeah. like, there's nothing you could do. It's just like, nope, sorry that you you didn't get a good a good result out of this side quest. Yeah, I was like, there was a there was a pork bun question where it was like, what, like, which, you know, what's a, what's an item you would have with a hot mustard? I was like, I don't know. I'll pick pork bun because I think I would dip a pork bun in some hot mustard. And they were the NPC was incensed. Like, what, who the hell would do that? What the fuck are you talking about? That's my favorite thing about when you're wrong. They treat you yeah. like the biggest idiot on earth. Because like there's like some of the like we were talking earlier about like the like the honorifics in this game of like there, there's other like members of like I guess higher up Yakuza or like other people you have to yes. meet throughout the game and stuff. And you have to set this meeting like at a restaurant. There's one, of the, there's a sequence where you're at a restaurant and you have to make sure you're sitting in the right spot. And like, what do you right. do when you get up? Like, what do you do when the person comes to your table? Like, and to sit down with you, do you get up and greet them and stuff like that? And I got, I would not make it as a Yakuza because I, they would think I was the rudest person alive because they, <laughs> they just wouldn't let me. I'd be so rude. You're not polite enough to be a murderer. No. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that we haven't really talked about the art in this game, but I think the character designs are so good. And I, I yes. think that, that as, you know, like I'm, uh, it's a, for a game that was last gen came out on, I think, P, I think it came out on PS3 as well as PS4. Yeah, PS3. It, 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 it looks, it looks fantastic. I think the art is so good. I mean, the, 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 the higher ups, the Yakuza higher ups all look like a distinct, like flavor of piece of shit. Like they look yes. like super cool, but also just so slimy, which is so great. And then I think the protagonists look awesome. Um, the ladies are easy on the eyes. <laughs> I also like the environments. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Environments look great. Yeah. Like the, there's a day night cycle. So like you can wander around what is effectively Kabuki Cho at night and all the neons lit up and it's it's really cool. Yeah. And also, right. also. Even though you can't enter into every building, if you approach a lot of buildings, there's sound that comes from inside those buildings. So you'll hear like the sounds of a restaurant or you'll hear 
the sounds of a convenience store that like you can go in those, which like is, is really nicely immersive. You never hear businesses in Grand Theft Auto when you're outside of the business, right? Yeah. It, it is, I would say, contrasting it with like a like a GTA, it is because I think it's so compact and it, it there's so many NPCs and it, you can't just like kill anyone. You can't just like run up and like beat the shit out of a random person. Like they're just like sort of civilians. You can only fight when you're in combat mode. It feels a lot. It feels so alive. It feels yeah. so like vibrant and like a real city. Uh, <laughs> Although you can't run up to most civilians and beat them up. But if you see a drunk guy, you can go shove him and then he'll be like, hey, what do you fuck you? And then yeah. you can <laughs> murder him and curb stomp that guy. Yes. Like You can pick right. fights with some people. <laughs> Well, that's what I love is like you'll 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 hit someone you'll pick up a uh, a signpost and you will hit, like club <laughs> someone over the head with it and then you will crack it over their face like you're hitting a t-ball and then the the combat will end and then they'll just be down on their knees like oh I'm sorry man you're really tough it's just like, I just killed you <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's one um I think the that Kiru did where in beast mode when you're because you have different um fighting styles Stances, my, yeah my favorite was beast um because it was just you can you can pick people up and throw them at other people but there was one attack where if you did this to anyone, they would die. Like, 100% die, like, for real, immediately. There's, like, no... There's absolutely no way a human being could survive this, I think. Where so he picks you up over his head, and you're upside down, and he slams you down on the ground head first into concrete. Right. You would Piled die you. immediately. Yes. You would... Like, there's just... I, it was it's very funny but you would yeah. absolutely get killed your head would crack there's also in beast mode you could pick up a motorcycle yes and yes. bash it over somebody's head like you can break a motorcycle on a person like yes. you can use and use chunks of it to hit them with <laughs> right uh this is these are so much of these are just like like random fights you're having with random enemies, which eventually you reach a you get get an ability where you can throw money yes. to to evade these sort of random encounters and and these guys instead of attacking you will just pick up all the money you've tossed on the floor, which which is weird. I, I meant to mention this earlier, Heather, when you're talking about the quest being annoying. There were a couple of times, so your save points are telephone booths. Again, it's set in the '80s. Uh, yes. So your 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 save points are, are pay phones. There were multiple times when I went to save my game because I wanted to end my session, and the pay the save point triggered a quest. Yes, it's just like <laughs> I'm trying to end my game right now, and then the pay phone is ringing, and I have to pick it up because I have to bring someone a nine millimeter like weapon. It's like what is going on? <laughs> but that, and also, I mean. That is uh, honestly a knock, a, 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 a small knock against this game to me is that it doesn't For have sure. a, an auto save function. Like having to go right. and manually save in what I would say was a difficult to navigate map. I thought the map was a little confusing at times um, until I really got like the lay of the land and stuff. But it, took, yeah. it because it's a big map, I would get lost often. And so trying to find a payphone, which, you know, they're marked on the map. Like it just takes too long. It should, there should be, I mean, I hope other installments have an autosave function, but I would hope that I would hope that that's true. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a fair, I think absolutely. That's a fair point. You have to be mindful of your saves. I did playing on PC, get a few crashes, which was super annoying and lost some mm -hmm. progress, including having to redo one mini boss fight, uh, because of the save system. And 
Also, the I, I think more generally, there's there's an aspect of this game doesn't feel like it necessarily has respect for the player's time at uh-uh. all times. It's just like there's not an easy uh, off ramp for a lot of these things. You'll just be interrupted when you're the, when you're trying to to do something quickly, and so that starts to get a little bit tedious. Like there are times when the game feels tedious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a fun game, but it is not perfect. But also some of those imperfections are extremely charming. Yeah. It's like a, it's a real fucking mixed bag of of prizes. It's weird. It's like would I would I ch- what would I change? Like there are things I feel like I would change, but then I also kind of like that there's this Bat, there are batting cages in there that I will never use. Yes. Like, I like that someone put so much time into building this batting cage minigame that I just don't want to touch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys mess around with the Telltale Boys Club? No. Oh, Jesus. So, I mean- in addition to the erotic videos hut, there's the Telltale Boys Club, which is where you go in and it's basically like a phone sex line. I guess this is a real thing that existed in the, the telephone clubs was a real thing that existed in... in Japan in the 80s. Well, I looked it up and I, apparently this was a thing. And so does it, it's like this you w- exist now? Does <laughs> phone phone calls now Weiger question mark? <laughs> I'm looking at your your overall progress on the game, Nick, and it says you spent a hundred hours in this part only? <laughs> yeah, I've basically been cloistered within the Telltale Boys Club. So it's the same sort of thing. You have a little booth with a phone. My favorite animation in the entire game is so when the phone rings, there's like a there's like a timed action where you have to press you have to like press the right button to pick up the phone. And then uh Kiryu will pick up the phone with so much pizzazz. He'll be like, yeah, like, 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 and then say moshi moshi. And it, it's like so it's such unnecessary flair, but it's so great. And then you will have what is a like it's like a it's like a combination dating. This is the way the game characterizes it's combination like dating sim slash shooter where you will use your right analog stick to dial a rotary phone to the uh, and then that will let you shoot a burst at, at whatever question option that's floating by or whatever response that's floating by. To engage in this dialogue with this uh, this random woman, this phone, I guess a phone sex operator. I don't know if you play it correctly, you get to meet them at a hotel room and apparently have sex with them. And then afterwards, you're like, that was fun. And and, oh and apparently you can do this with like apparently you can do this like nine different women. I was like, this is so I can't believe how much work went into this thing that a lot of people wouldn't. Uh, Two thirds of us didn't even discover. Yeah. I, I didn't even stumble upon, like, I didn't even like, oh, I I saw this and I put it aside so that I could get to a different thing. Like, I didn't even, I had no idea this existed, which is a great analog to being in Tokyo where you can be at the same bar for like four nights and somebody's like, hey, do you want to go to this other bar? And you're like, where is it? And they point to a door in the, in the bar you're in and are like, (laughs) it's in there. And you're like, what? (laughs) I haven't seen. Okay. And then you go into a different room and it's a totally different bar. Like that's, it's great. Like so dense. So dense. It's, it's so dense. And I, I could talk about this all day. I've already rambled on far too long, but we should get to our final thoughts on Yakuza Zero. It's time for our review crew. So we'll say something positive about this game and give it a numerical decimal rating. My positive thing is a we mentioned earlier that the the kind of um, 
uh, you know, the the cabaret club, which is where you are, you know, again, amassing a bunch of hostesses to build your empire. You can spend as much or as little time in the game and that game as you like. But there is just like an there's so much good music in this game. There's just a, a like a banger of a pop song that plays while you're in the main menu, while you're preparing your club for the night. And um, that's what I'm going to use as my positive thing. I play a little bit of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me how many things the game does, like, well. Like, like to have yes, a song right. this good in it is, is wild, considering how many things are in the game. Yeah. And this is going on while you're trying to parse a menu, while you're trying to decide, like, which one one strap dress you're going to put on which hostess yeah. to increase her like you know beauty score or whatever anyway uh it's great i i'm it's a game i think about when i'm not playing it uh for better or worse but i just i feel like it's it's kind of a madman's masterpiece mm-hmm. and i always respect things like that i'm gonna give this a 9.1 i really loved my time with it i really and, and i'm gonna keep playing it in fact i want to be playing it now it's so it's just so fun and the stuff that annoys me about it is also stuff that I find compelling. I don't know, Heather, what do you think? Well, my positive thing about a game with lots of positive things is a thing we haven't even talked about, which is the disco mini game where you dance with a partner at a club. And why <laughs> I like this mini game is that. I'm a human being who cannot dance, Mm -hmm. but it breaks down the concept of dancing in a way that makes sense to me. Like, oh, yes, this is essentially what dancing is. You have to be in specific poses at specific times in the music. And the more complicated your approach to those poses is, the better you are as a dancer. So it'll be like there's a grid of what kind of looks like a disco floor as your UI. And there's a slowly fading triangle button in the top corner of the grid. And if you take a complicated route with the D-pad up to that corner and then press the button, you are making a more complicated dance move on the dance floor itself. And I was like, this is, I mean, somebody... Somebody got free beers after this fucking like somebody was like, what if it's yeah. like this? And everybody's like, that's awesome. Um, the, uh, when you are training, <laughs> when you're training a hostess and you have to go dance and be like a better dancer than her. If you fail that task, which I did twice, she she you go back to the hostess club and she is so destroyed. She's so upset. <laughs> and she's she's like, wow, I didn't expect to be a better dancer than you. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what was going on. And she's like, you suck at dancing. I learned nothing. And then you get like a zero. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, I do feel like my frustrations with the game were... Um, more numerous than Nick's. Mm. And so I'm not willing to give it a nine, even though it is, it's a better game than Vroom in the Night Sky, which I gave a 10 to. (laughs) (laughs) 
but also like I here's here's what causes demerits in a score for me. It's anytime I'm angry while playing a video sure. game, not frustrated, not like not like, oh, this is a hard boss to fight or, oh, man, I like I can't figure out like I'm not good enough at racing this car. But when a game just like flat out f- is making me angry because it is something I can't change about the game or do better, then I feel like it knocks it down a score. So I'm giving right. it an 8.9. Still a very good score. Wow. For 1989. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Um, okay, there's so many there's so many things I want to shout out, things we didn't even really touch on. Like, um, there's like so many great... <laughs> We've been talking about this game. <laughs> I know. For over an hour, but and there's so believe- much stuff we haven't touched on. There are so many funny side characters, like Mr. Libido. We haven't talked about yes. Mr. Libido, who is a walking adult erection. man. He's, yeah, walking erection, and he's just wearing like a diaper. Um, like, <laughs> he's like a basically a nude man in a diaper. He's very funny. Um, there's Mr. Shakedown, who is a giant man who, if he sees you, he will beat you up and take all of your money. And you can also rob him when he's asleep. He's a great character. Um, but aside from that, one of my favorite sequences in the game, because I, I finished the story, the overall story. Right. And there's a part in, in Majima's um, story in Chapter 11 where you have to go. You meet up with this detective and you have to go underground, like un- like underwater, basically, to this underwater prison, like called the Bed of Sticks. And it's where all these criminals, it, murderers who are too dangerous for the streets and too dangerous for above ground prisons are sent so they can fight and kill each other. And it is so fucking <laughs> it's it, it this to me makes this game it, it 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 takes it from just a grand theft auto thing to like a grand theft auto slash like metal gear slash kingdom hearts sort of type right. lore where some of it's pretty straightforward but then you have something as wild as this and yeah. i i loved i i the idea of bed of sticks is so interesting to me that i'm like there's i'm shocked that this isn't a movie i was so like this idea rocks i love this um and so there was that, and then there was, um, oh, one screenshot that I wanted to shout out. It's the final thing that Majima says. Because, I, I, like I said, I loved Majima. The final thing Majima says before you start the sequence, uh, like before you're at, when you're at the point of no return. The bed of sticks is where you fight the Joker, right? Yeah, there's like a Joker in there. <laughs> there's like a Chucky. There's like a, like a human-sized Chucky. Um, okay. So this is what Majima says right before you you hit the point of no return. This is probably my last day on earth. (laughs) Gonna make sure I go out with nothing left undone. So like that's giving you an option. You can go back outside and, um, you know, finish any sort of side things before you finish the game. But the sentence, this is probably my last day on earth is such a funny definitive statement <laughs> right <laughs> and it rocks and i i love this game i was shocked i took it this was i took this game to the beach I, I played it on my backbone i could not stop playing this thing i loved it i'm gonna give it a 10 i fucking loved yakuza wow, wow. and this is there's it. stuff i haven't done i want to go back in and do these yeah. other things yeah yeah you gotta gotta do the cabaret club gotta do the real estate empire <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, those were our thoughts on Yakuza 0, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got uh, reviews that we've scrounged from the internet. And if we had a positive take on the game, these will be negative reviews. And if we had a negative take on the game, these will be positive reviews. It's maybe we were wrong. I've got a review from Metacritic. Or maybe this is Steam Store. I don't remember where I got this. <laughs> oh, no. It's just a screenshot of a random review. <laughs> <laughs> 67 hours at review time. So I guess that's the Steam store. Uh, I'm giving this game a thumbs down specifically due to the catfight game. It's completely rigged. I used a script that would hit the E key at almost 30 times a second to test whether or not the effort is actually rewarded. Turns out, even if you're fucking Superman, you can't win some of the draws from rock, paper, scissors. What a fucking joke. <laughs> Yes. So the the cat fight, this is another thing about the cat fight game that I discovered. And I, you know, again, I had to go deep to get to get any intel on this because it's so obtuse. So if if it's like, for instance, rock versus rock, that goes into a button mash minigame. It'll be like mash your buttons, mash the buttons. But the way that these the that the AI works is they will only mash back when you mash. So it, you're all, you're honestly probably better served to just leave it a chance and not even touch the controller. But if you are going to touch the controller, you like tap tap a you like once a second, like literally like once a second until it's towards the end and then tap as fast as you can. And the AI won't be able to catch up with you. I found that to be a pretty reliable way to win those standoffs. But again, why would that be how it works? That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got one from the, I, the aforementioned Patient Gamers subreddit, and uh, I thought this was just like, this was something that I that resonated with me. Uh, this is posted by, uh, uh, by you, Periwin. I've discovered a major pitfall of being an overly patient gamer on multiple platforms. So by and large, a PC gamer, I've had a PCS3 library sitting on my backlog for nearly a decade, figuring someday I'll get around to it. In my living situation, I really have a good, comfortable setup for console gaming on my PC. So I figured time to, to knock some of these out. Well, I've run into a major snag. I've forgotten the late 2000s to, to 2010s. This game came out in 2015. Was the era when game companies were obsessed with QTEs, quick time events, especially the X button. I have been using an Xbox One controller for gaming on the PC. X is in a totally different spot than on the PS3 controller. Due to my muscle memory, I've been failing QTE after QTE to the point where I'm close to giving up on some of these games. I had the exact same thing happen to me in reverse, which is that, you know, I mostly play on PlayStation platforms or or Switch. I mean, Xbox, I'll, I'll, I use Game Pass on PC or when I used to have an Xbox Whatever the old Xbox was, Series X. It wasn't Series X, right? No, what the fuck Xbox was it? One, One. Xbox One X. Yeah, stupid. When I had an Xbox One, I was I I would use the, I would play Game Pass games on that. But like it's the the you know again being prompted with X and having to relearn where X is is like a little bit of like a I I again don't know a good way to do this. Eventually came around to it. It just took enough hours of gameplay to to immerse yourself with a controller layout. But I, I would literally have to be like, okay, before I'm going to do this X, Y, A, B, that's where these things are positioned just to try to like, like drill it into my skull. I don't know if there's a good, so there's, there isn't a good solution for this from I guess it's just play your multi-platform games on one platform and, and deal with it. I mean, I, don't I guess know. you, you could, you could make button placement universal. Yeah. I mean, the PlayStation only, or, like you just have a consortium of games and be like, well, it's always B then A, 
And then it's right. X is always here. And then you can choose your symbols or whatever the fuck else you want to put. You know, like they could do that. They could. Just, yeah. Get fucking get on the ball, Congress. What? They're too busy investigating this January 6th thing. <laughs> Trying to put I have patriots an- behind I have bars. Another- <laughs> I have another review here uh, if mm-hmm. we have time. Yeah. Um, this is a four. This person uh, reviewed it in uh, wow. 2019. Uh, I think the name here is Kunao? Kunao? Kuniao. I don't know. I got Yakuza Zero in this month's Humble Bumble. Bundle. Humble Bundle. What am I, Nick Weiger? <laughs> I was really looking forward to playing this game since I'd been eyeing it on Steam for a while. Honestly, I'm glad I never pulled the trigger on this title. When I first saw it on Steam, the store page gave me the idea that it would be kind of like Grand Theft Auto, only with Yakuza. And it's not really the case at all. For me, Yakuza Zero feels like a visual novel with sparse moments in between where you can walk around, get in fights, that sort of thing. But the game never feels deep enough or interactive enough to be able to really capture my attention all that much. It feels like Grand Theft Auto Super Light. The city map isn't all that big, and the things you have access to are few and far between. There are very few times that you are really given the chance to actually make any sort of decisions. And when you do, it never feels like it has any sort of impact. Uh, Another aspect that I found fairly annoying is that this game is rated M for mature for blood, intense violence, sexual content, strong language, use of alcohol. It's pretty ironic that Yakuza 0 managed to get an M rating and actually failed to deliver on almost any of these aspects. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to be an M rated game, you should own it. Yakuza 0 actually goes out of its way to constantly avoid showing any sort of graphic violence. The blood shown in the game is fairly tame by almost all standards. The intense violence is PG-13 at best. Use of alcohol is some dudes drinking beers. And as far as sexual content goes, if you consider lingerie that literally covers everything, (laughs) then you are a pearl-clutching prude. Sure, they say the F word, but so does everyone at my job. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This guy fucks. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, yeah, this is just like a regular Yakuza. <laughs> uh, I it's man. We didn't even talk about the. I just that just made me while you're talking. I was like thinking of like the quest where the ta- <laughs> there these random people are beating the shit out of a politician, and it and he's like uh and then he's like uh you save him and then he's like oh I want to take you out to for a meal. And then it turns out he wants to raise taxes and then Kiryu's mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) This is so weird. Not only is he raising taxes, but he's you are developing his tax plan. Right, right. Yeah. The interactions you have, it's like, what do you think should be taxed, Kiryu? And it's like your options are like everything or only the rich or just on Mondays or something like that. It's like tobacco. Bananas. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's so every part of it is so fucking weird. Ah, God, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how how many different ways to say this game is is weird and qualifies for the premise of this podcast. (laughs) But also it being on Game Pass, man, if you're looking for something to absorb a bunch of your time. And I also think you can get a sense of what this game is and whether it's going to be for you. Uh, Matt, I I, uh, Heather, I, I think you would you'd probably agree within the first like two to four hours 
you kind of get into the game and are like, okay, this is going to work for me or this is not going to click for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think if you have Game Pass and, and are, are curious, uh, try it out because I loved it. That statement, though, you'll get a sense within the first two or four hours is not something you would say if we were like a movie review podcast or like, you know, if you take or like a TV show thing, watch an episode, see if you like it. Like, no, you still have to commit half a day's work to know whether or not this is okay yes. that you might like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's games. Uh, hey, it's time for the question block. All right. This one's from uh, Lucifer Alpha on Twitter, and they write, this, fran- this is about Yakuza. Sort of. This franchise lived in relative obscurity for about 10 years until it popped. What franchise do you think has been criminally overlooked that you would love to finally become popular? Very good question. Yeah, I, I you know, from what I've read... Yakuza Zero is kind of the game that put this franchise on the map with Western audiences. Before there, it was a little bit more of a niche game and more just very, you know, popular enough in Japan to earn six sequels and a prequel, but um, you know, hadn't hadn't really like a been the been the had a breakout. Uh yeah, an obscure obscure franchise that we like. You know what? I'll I'll say one that I wouldn't mind getting a new entry of. Which is Pagel. I always thought Pagel was like wow. such a great puzzle action game. I think it's like up there with you know all all your match threes. It's 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 like you know like a Tetris in the same sort of like being it being just like a great um, time waster. Uh, but it, it's also or like a puzzle bobble. It's kind of a similar mechanic to a to a puzzle bobble. And I, those games are so fun. They're so. That uh, like I love the aesthetic. There, it's it's such a great reward when you finish one of those maps, and it's map dependent because each of them has kind of their own uh, kind of puzzle. So it's not like one that you could like Tetris where you can just like play it endlessly. Like you need a you need new maps a- after a certain point. Uh, and kind of like Pachinko, I guess is another way to describe it. I mean, it yeah. it it it, it kind of is Pachinko um, with a little bit more user control. And I feel like there was just Pagel, there was Pagel Knights, and there was maybe a Pagel for mobile, and then that was it. I feel like the franchise has maybe been just off the map, and I would love to see a new Pagel. Like, there's give me a Pagel new Pagel, too. why not? There, remember, oh, there's Pagel too. okay. The, yes. the guy at E3, there's like a whole, it's like, he was like a meme, this right. guy. Because he was overjoyed to announce Pagel too, and nobody seemed to care as much as him. Um, and that was that was almost ten years ago when yeah. Pagel Two came out. So it's it's been it's been a while. Maybe there are new Pagels, and I just haven't noticed. What about you? Man, this is a hard this is a hard question. I don't have an immediate answer, which makes me wonder if all the games I play are popular, or if I'm like can't think of anything <laughs> being like, oh, people should play this, which is literally the concept of Heather's Hole. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> Uh, what, what is, like is there I an old wish, Dreamcast franchise? Maybe like a Power Stone or something. That co- yeah, that I mean, like you? sure. I wish there was more typing of the dead. I wish that there was. <laughs> uh, I wish there were more F Zero games. Um, there you go. I wish. Uh, I don't know. I wish there was still Secret of Mana games that were actual sprite based Secret of Mana games instead of what you know. Why isn't why hasn't Mother Three come out here? There's so I mean, there's a lot of answers, but not nothing like what you just described, Nick. So I feel like I've come up short here. 
Um, I, I think you're I think that's a good the mother franchise like if Earthbound was like more more of a hit in the States or there was like a resurgence of it and, the, and then we just started getting new mothers and the mothers were be, were all being ported here. It wasn't like there was one that was ever ported. I mean, that that's that feels like that would absolutely qualify. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. Abadaka, you got an answer for this? I do. But now looking at it, it's going to seem like such an odd answer because there it's are Yakuza. It's Yakuza, yeah. It's like this one, duh. Uh, no, it's because they there's a movie. They made a movie based about it. So like that, you could argue that that is a case for it being popularity. But the movie is not good, and they shouldn't have made it. And I, I think I'd still think it's an talking un- about postal. No, postal two specifically. Uh, no, um, no, the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Persia franchise. I think oh, yeah. is so good and so interesting. The gameplay is so fun, and like obviously those games, like Prince of Persia: in The Sands of Time, is considered one of the greatest games of all time. So like, of course, it's that's popular. But what I'm saying is to ignore that and give me more of them because I'm asking. I want, I want more. Right. Give me an, a PS five version. I know they're coming out with the remake that looks like shit, but hopefully they uh, are taking this delay and um, making the graphics a little nicer because it looked bad. Um, but I think it's such a good, it's one of my favorite franchises ever. I love it. Yeah, that that I mean that God, it, it stands a time sort of set up for it was it was such like a great tra- like it was a completely new thing, but it was kind of like a f- translation of that, you know, tone into 3D. I'd remember the old 2D, you know, play it messed around with the old 2D ones. Yes, um, which were just so gloriously animated. I shared with you the the Super Famicom port of Prince of Persia, the the first one, the 2D one. Yes, uh, has like maybe the best box art I've ever seen. I put that in the chat and we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, but unbelievably it is, it, cool. Yeah, Google that is just like, it's so, God, it looks so fucking rad. Just like, it's like, ah, I want to play that. And the game's not exactly that, but it's still very good. I was going to say, the game isn't really this at all, but it's such an interesting promise. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. I mean, but like, give me a, give me a game that, give me this game. Make yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, give me that skeleton who's in lava for some reason. Give me that guy with six arms back there. And a cute little mouse in the foreground. That's fun. You play as the mouse. That's the game. <laughs> hey hit us up on twitter and instagram at get played bot or send us an email at get played bot at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616 who played that's 616-275-2933 music and engineering by devin bryant you can follow him on twitter at Bafflegabs. and matt it's time for you to tell us next week's game next week's game phoenix Wright, ace attorney goodbye everyone goodbye bucket edge do you want me to like cut off my butt <laughs>